the righteousness of God. Thank you so much for that, Charlotte. It's my privilege to speak. It's um, 10 minutes I've been given, and I want to direct our attention to 2 Corinthians. Almost like the handbook of Christian ministry. And uh, because it's a brief talk, okay, this is for you particularly, but actually there's something here for all of us who follow Jesus. Some great reminders about this high calling on our lives. Paul is pitching this towards ministers of the gospel. This is the apostle at his most candid, his most open. We get more insights into something of the heart of the apostle here and of what ministry involves. One of the questions he has posed a few chapters earlier is the perennial question that nags all of us who are trying to live for Jesus in Christian ministry. Found in two, chapter 2, verse 16. Who is equal to such a task? Or as other translations put it, who is sufficient for these for such things? Who's adequate for a responsibility like this? Or in modern parlance, who on earth is up for the job? I dare say for UK, but for all of us as disciples of the Lord Jesus, Sometimes it's the complexities of life. Sometimes the sense of responsibility is so huge. Sometimes the expectations from others in the church, outside the church, even expectations we put on ourselves. Who on earth is up for the job? And the truth, of course, is that actually the job, the work, the ministry is too big for any of us. So I bring you on your ordination day, Kay, these thoughts. Sometimes when you can feel help, I can't do this. Actually, that's the reality. We can't. Some of the reminders that you've already articulated so clearly to us, that it's something of the gift of God fanning into flame, the gift of his spirit and more that is makes us competent for these things. And I wanted to really pin it on just that image from verse 20 that Charlotte just read. We are therefore Christ's ambassadors. This is not the occasion to get all heavy or technical and um, sort of down on ourselves, but there are lots of voices at the moment really trying to sort of diminish Christianity, Christian life, even ministry. And so I really want you, Kay, and I want us to grasp something of the full dignity of the ambassadorial status that is being conveyed here. Of course, it's got nothing to do with the old adverts of Ferreira Rocher or anything of the like. In fact, don't think grand at all, but think serious and think dignity. That's all packed into this image of being God's co-workers. And the very fact that God has put a call on your life, Kay, that we've just heard articulated so clearly, that amazing power of a commissioning from our Lord, our King, our Sovereign. And of course, there are days when we will question our competency, days when felt weakness can be debilitating, when we are truly surrounded by immense pressures 
and the realities of life crush us and pin us in us back. But this reading and just these few verses reminds us of God's calling to this role. God has made no mistakes here. And one of the products of this calling as an ambassador is that reconciliation that has been obtained through Jesus becomes the hallmark of the ambassador's life. Hey, you exude the dignity of this calling and all that I've known of you over these past few years. As the Christchurch Baptist Church family have also recognised, as the Southern Counties Baptist Association has recognised, as the wider church, if you like, has recognised. We see it in your pastoral care and in your teaching. But here the focus around this calling almost as an ambassador for Christ. I want to remind you of some of the ongoing responsibilities that come alongside the privilege. For surely the ambassador is a representative of Jesus. There's a sort of dual citizenship going on here while fulfilling our duties on assignment, as it were. The ambassador keeps a close eye on home. Our world, our town, our communities, our roles, they're all very real and important spheres of ministry. But ultimately, 2 Corinthians would say, remember, they're temporary. In fact, chapter 5 has earlier described something of that perspective that it's rather like now is like living in a tent, but actually heaven is our true home, solid and permanent. And so it's with that perspective that we operate in the here and now. Okay, you are on this new chapter called, in a sense, to carry on what you've been doing. But with that sense of recognition and spirit empowering, you're on assignment for Jesus. There's work to be accomplished. There are things that you know need to be done, but there will be other things God will bring onto your radar in that true spirit of Isaiah 58 that you were quoting to us earlier. And of course, that work will have ongoing challenges, but I encourage you to keep the eternal perspective clear and alive and engaged in the everyday spaces of life that you will inhabit. And rather similar to the Corinthian vibe, as they needed to be reminded, so you and we need to be reminded. That sometimes it will seem like we're out of our mind, as verse 13 says. It's easy to take worldly points of view on all sorts of things. Sometimes there will be misunderstandings. And of course, being a disciple of Jesus makes us out of step with the culture all around us. I hear the words of the Apostle Peter as I say those things, that actually we're aliens and strangers in this world. That's par for the course. And the ambassador has to juggle all of these dynamics. So the controlling factor is eyes on our director at home in heaven. The one who has sent you, commissioned you, promised to equip you. Eyes on Jesus. And of course, Paul here reminds his readers then and us lot now, the full significance and force of this is that knowing Jesus changes everything. If anyone is in Christ, they are a new creation. The old has gone and the new has arrived. 
and this stunning liberation that is available in Jesus. And I bring it in on this point. Ambassadors of Christ have a message to deliver. And it's a message that is summed up in just four words there in verse 20. Be reconciled to God. Why do I say that with such force and conviction? It's because I think, friends, I hear more and more a sense of weakness, dilution of this message. That's my take, at least. But I know, Kay, for you, because we've talked on these things. The message of reconciliation is true to your own experience and your calling. I know how Jesus-centred you are, how cross-centred you are. And I just want to say, hey, don't lose that ever. How essential these things are for Christian ministry these days when it is so easy to focus on the management of ministry. Or the latest projects. Of course, all those things are really important. But the subtle danger of missing out the very one person and the very one act in human history, the cross of Christ, which are the centre and the power of salvation to this day. And as you know, the ambassador's role is not about prestige or prominence, rather always servanthood. And so, Kay, as you continue to learn, because you're a lifelong learner and we all need to be, as you continue to learn how to operate bilingually, communicating that message of Christ's love in your local contexts, contexts which often do not know or understand that such good news exists. And as I was preparing for this 10 minutes, I was really struck by the urgency of Paul's mandate here. Do you get the strength as he says, we implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. At the moment, I'm teaching a module on Baptist history. And this is not a denominational comment, but it's one of the impulses of our forebears and others who were impacted by the move of God's spirit. The Holy Spirit awakening, the evangelical awakening of previous centuries. And this felt need to be urgent with the good news of Jesus entrusted to every follower of Christ. And of course, the ramifications of that are local, but they're also global. No wonder we say with the Apostle Paul, who on earth is up to the task? Who is sufficient for these things? None of us. But for UK and for all of us who respond to the gift of God's reconciliation in Christ, the message is not to try harder. It's not even to do more. But these liberating reminders of all that Christ has achieved at the cross, this great exchange that is available to this day. And you and we have been entrusted with the message and the perspective that will shape our whole lives to shape our ministry, knowing that we work until the King of Kings recalls us home, that our assignment is complete. And I want to pray, Kay, that for you, your sufficiency and resourcing for all God has for you will continue to be supplied with this note of thanksgiving 
which is another key feature of 2 Corinthians as it happens as a letter. The 2 Corinthians ministry handbook underpinned by this note of thanksgiving. Thanks be to God who always leads us in triumphal procession in Christ. Indeed, thanks be to God. Amen.